Welcome to Coffee with Kojo, a podcast produced by graduate students in the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University. My name is Rocky Daly, and I'm an associate professor in the school. Our first podcast is hosted by McCade Iverson, a graduate student in our program. McCade, along with another graduate student, B. Benson, began producing our bi-monthly podcast last fall in preparation for our launch in January of 2020. Our first podcast features Kojo students who worked as part of the ESPN College Game Day production on campus last fall. ESPN College Game Day is a pregame collegiate football program broadcast on Saturday mornings during the football season. The program broadcasts live from various college campuses hosting a featured game. On Saturday, October 26, 2019, Game Day broadcasts for the first time ever on the South Dakota State University campus. I got a call from ESPN producers that Monday asking if we had any students interested in working with the production. We obviously had several, and this episode focuses on the experiences of three of those students, Tori Burnt, Alex Eigen, and Natalie Hilden. Tori Burnt is a journalism major from White, South Dakota. Alex Eigen is a graduate student from Lakeshore, Minnesota, with an undergraduate degree in communication studies and a broadcast journalism minor. And Natalie Hilden is a journalism major from Nevis, Minnesota. Let's listen to McCade talk with these three students about their experience. Today I have with me Alex, Natalie, and Tori, and they were all part of College Game Day that happened a few weeks ago. So today we're going to be talking about their experiences. Um, So welcome, Alex, Natalie, and Tori. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right, why don't you guys tell us um, a little bit about what you guys got to do for College Game Day? So I can start this off. I acted as a production runner along with Tori, mm-hmm. who is in studio today, and we had a lot of tasks. It to was complete. crazy. It was, and no hour was the same. There was always something different to be done. A lot of our duties consisted of answering to a certain gentleman who always had an assignment for us to complete. A lot of that was running the VIPs or the hosts to set and from set on a golf cart. That was the best part. <laughs> that, that was the best part. Yes, you absolutely felt like you were important in that moment. Mm-hmm. And getting coffees and honestly picking up all the food, you just felt like everybody treated you so nice. Like, if I went to Cottonwood, they'd be like, do you want a free coffee? Like, do you, And then I'd go to Starbucks and they'd be like, oh, do you want, what do you want? Like, I'll get it to you. Like... And always carrying stuff out to the car for me, and I was, mm-hmm. I've never had that happen before. I was like, okay, <laughs> like I kind of like this. <laughs> yes, yes. As soon as you have those credentials on, like, you're it. Mm-hmm. You've made it. And people, like, they're like, oh, my word, mm-hmm. you're behind, like, you're backstage. Because when they were filming um, College Game or college game Day Live, like, on mm-hmm. Friday, I walked with, it was, like, a security guard between Pollock and... um. Oh, shoot. Just a security guard in between all the talent. And then I was right behind the last security guard. And then there was another one behind me. And there's this video of me walking. And I just look so stinking happy. I'm just, like, (laughs) waving at people that I know. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, I'm here. (laughs) And now you've got that forever. I know. Sometimes it'll, like, pop up. And I just watch it. I'm like, that was, like, the best day ever. (laughs) Yes. It was was such an incredible day. And not all of it was 
so glamorous. Yeah, no, there, right. there was a lot of hard work right, involved. Some work, yeah. Yeah, and, and a were... lot of that would be taking down and setting up the mm-hmm. production offices where all of the communication stemmed from, both that and the media truck. We didn't have to unpack anything to do with the media truck, but making sure the offices were always in pristine condition was another one of our tasks. And they make sure that you, it has to look the same. Because if someone wants something where it is, it has to be in that same spot. (laughs) And there are definitely things that I was like, oh, my word, why did I sign up for this? Like, there were times when it was like, ah. But then, because Alex and I were talking about even on um, Saturday, we were like, I wish we could just get to watch some of it, you know, and just Mm -hmm. be backstage. And because there were some other, because there's ESPN runners that go with them everywhere they go. And some of them, a couple of them wanted us to go out and, like, experience game day. But then there was a couple that were like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And, like, that's fine because we were hired to be there. But then there's always that kind of selfish yeah, ambition. <laughs> that you want to just simply enjoy it. Like, exactly. like it seems like everybody else gets to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of did the same thing running for ESPN, but as part of the operations crew. So slightly less glamorous, but more in the moment type thing. So, you know, bringing food from the trucks to like down backstage for the um, the talent and all that. Um, more as needed basis. So we had radios and mm-hmm. we're going completely from in between the set and the trucks and just whenever we were needed we were needed so it's kind of cool because we got kind of more of the like being able to go stand backstage and just watch <laughs> yeah soak it in because we were only needed when we were needed sure so it was incredible so when you got to watch you were probably up close yeah so we were like just backstage where the stairs were um it was me and brady actually <laughs> um but we literally got to just watch from like basically behind the camera because we were on that side of the stage. It was really cool though because you know the stage was facing the opposite direction, so you got like full view of everything that was going on, and they'd come on and off and run mm-hmm. to different parts of the stage, and it was cool. Coming from someone who's like watched that show since I was a child, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, cool. to be that close, yeah. The, the best part of when like I was standing next to you at one point, and I was so jealous of you because you were back there the entire time, and um. <laughs> One part, Alex and I were down there, and Lee Corso's face, like, yeah. froze, and they had to, like, oh rub hand warmers yeah. on his face, so, and he had, like, a blanket over his head. His face, like, actually oh, no. froze. Context for that. So they were like, go grab more tea, because, like, they're freezing up there. So we ran back and got tea, and Lee Corso was literally right there getting hand warmers stuck in the back of his shirt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, he's right there. <laughs> it was it was hilarious, because... He came out of the um, production office, and he was on the phone with his wife, but he kept the phone on speaker, and that was hilarious. I was it was like he was just it was like a normal conversation that you hear with your wife. He's like, "Yes, honey, I'm I'm staying here tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Something that you wouldn't expect coming out of exactly. Video. It was, and it's it's so surreal. I was watching um like a video of when they first started doing. Um, college game day with Lee Corso, and honestly, his face still looks the same. It's just a little more hardened, <laughs> but it's it was definitely an experience that I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for, and I still think about it. And I'm like, I don't. It still seems fake. Yeah, like I, yeah. it feels like that that time just flew, mm-hmm. and that 
if I tell somebody about it, they're probably going to think I'm lying. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it really hit me, like, as real when I was putting it on my resume this weekend. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I just typed those four letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is my dream company to work for. I have that on my resume. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Um, and one funny thing is, is, so I live on a farm, and the guy that we, um, Alex and I, reported to, he was from... Wisconsin, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're big into hunting as well. And he asked me, he's like, hey, do you own some, like, does your dad own some land? And I was like, yeah. He's like, would would your dad let me hunt on his land? <laughs> <laughs> so then I texted him the other day. I'm like, yeah, it's a, you're you're good to go on hunting. He's like, that is so awesome. He's like, thank you so much. That's, <laughs> That's funny awesome. that he's so excited about that because your dad is probably yeah, my dad even like, more. My ex- dad was you know. like, you know what, if – you should just tell him if he can pull some strings and get you a job at ESPN, he can hunt whenever he wants. Whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, take advantage. Take yeah. advantage of that. Awesome. Um, so I know you guys had kind of an early morning that day too. Oh my gosh, I don't know how long you guys, <laughs> but I was so the night before I was actually at my boyfriend's military ball for ROTC and mm-hmm. didn't get home until maybe midnight at Oof. the oh, earliest. No. <laughs> um, I was up by three the next morning, oh. so I was over at Moral at three thirty. You had to be there a lot earlier oh, than we did. I was yeah. at Moral Hall in the parking lot in the cold at three thirty, and there was already people like lining up mm-hmm. and walking oh yeah, down I'm there, sure. So. I was, it was nuts, but it was one of those things, like, for the whole first hour of my shift, I got stuck basically holding a sign outside, pointing (laughs) crew to, like, where the breakfast and stuff was, so, like, 3.30 in the morning, I caught myself slightly standing in the cold, being like, okay, (laughs) yep, this Mm -hmm. is life, (laughs) Um, but it was really... Uh, by the time, like, I got into the swing of things and, like, over that initial hump of, like, wondering what to do and, like, what I would be doing, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I could get used to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is wonderful. We reported at 5.15. Yeah, 5.15 yeah. on that <laughs> yeah. Saturday morning. Honestly, I thought it was going to be way earlier than that. But when he was, like, 5.15, uh-huh. like, no earlier than that, I was like, thank you. Right. <laughs> yes, and at that time. We would head to the production offices where we reported to every single mm-hmm. time that we had a call time. And after that, the normal tasks were I would go get breakfast mm-hmm. for everyone. I would set get up coffee. <laughs> yep. And they had a spreadsheet for all of the coffees. And it, I took a picture of it because, you know, it's something that it's like, okay, I didn't know that um, he drank a pink drink. And that's what he wants. And, like, and if you – it it wasn't as demanding as on the interview for it. They're like, do you know coffee? Because if you mess up a coffee order, it's going to be a big deal. Oh, no. So then Man, I'm, I could have rocked that job. I like, <laughs> I, like, know coffee. But, you know, you never know what people from, like, Connecticut are going to want right. to drink for coffee. Right. And so they just ordered it for me, and they just had this spreadsheet with the names and the coffee drinks, mm-hmm. and then I had different times of the day when I had to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And they had they had it down to a like a science as to what they <laughs> what they're getting at what time of day because people would get two different drinks at two different times of the day. It was insane, but it was definitely. I loved the feeling of walking into Starbucks and they'd be like, did they give you that car to drive? Like, is that you? I'm like, no, they gave it to me. Like, and they're like, oh, this is like my dream car. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty nice. 
How many people were you guys kind of taking care of, if that's what you would call um, it? Well, Lee Corso had his own personal assistant. Yep. He was really cool, mm-hmm. his assistant was. But we took care of all of the other talent and then also, like, the production um, mm-hmm. or, like, the oh, what are they? the producers mm-hmm. and the um, the makeup artists, Trish and Steven. There was probably – I. On an average, you 15 coffees. Yeah, right, definitely. And also being in charge of transportation, too, with the golf carts mm-hmm. at oh, any sure. given moment. Um, you were transporting the hosts and always had a security guard with you And as a well. police officer. Oh. Yeah, and a police officer. Oh, wow. If you didn't, like, the, the talent couldn't leave anywhere without both. Mm-hmm. So there was two ESPN security guys. And then there was the hired security people from, like, our area. Mm-hmm. And um, the crazy, like, this is the thing that surprised me the most is we called, um, it was Kinley and, there was, there was three, Kinley, Amo, and what was our favorite person? What was his name? The security guard? Yeah. Paul? Yes, yeah. Paul. <laughs> so when we called, when we called Paul, like, we just had to call him. And my mom's name came up on his phone, and Alex's dad's name came up on his phone. So, like, he used yes. to be an NYPD officer, yes. and he has all of the caller ID. Like, literally everybody's caller ID. He's like, and then when he saw that, he's like, oh, is this you, like, Karma Burt? I'm like, yeah, that's my mom. I was, like, so scared. He's like, yeah, I have connections. I was like, oh. It was, and honestly, they were they were amazing people. And... It was almost rejuvenating to know that I got to meet all these people and they know who I am, especially mm-hmm. the makeup yeah. the makeup artist Trish. Mm-hmm. She I got to know her pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um she actually texts me <laughs> like at least once a week and um she's going to try to help me get an internship at ESPN mm-hmm. this summer. So in Bristol, Connecticut, so that'd be a long way from home. It'd be awesome. But Very cool. Yes, it's just like there's this chance that my dream mm-hmm. could come true just because of this three-day, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in Brookings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. right, yeah, it goes to show that, you know, any little thing mm-hmm. can make a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, not that this was a little thing, but, you know, yeah. it's just, it all happens at such a, in such a short amount of time yeah. that you yeah. really have to get on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capitalize so. on that networking opportunity, which I think is so important. And at any given time, you don't know who's watching. Exactly. So, I mean, showing that and proving yourself that you are able to listen to directions well, carry mm-hmm. out a task with very little direction. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of times where there wasn't yes. much direction. Right. So that could be confusing at times, but proving that you are able to handle yourself in stressful situations and in an environment that is extremely fast-paced that was that was key for us to be able to do that yeah. for, those, for those 72 hours or 48 hours. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the most incredible things for me, too, was, like, going into this, I was like, okay, I'm a runner. This is going to be something where, like, they're just telling me what to do and I'm doing it, you know? I think one of the most interesting things I found is, like, every single person you met and talked to, like, asked you what your major mm-hmm. was, what they your cared. future plans are, what you enjoyed doing, where you're from. So, like... That's what blew blew my mind the most was like these people had actually an interest in like what I was mm-hmm. doing, yeah. who I mm-hmm. am even. Yeah. Like I go to a university in South Dakota and they're from all over the world. Like, <laughs> and and the fact that they wanted to get to know you and they yeah. wanted yeah. to be 
they wanted to know like who you are and what your aspirations in life were and like why you even chose to do this. I know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because it's like they their you know their shows college game day, but like they took so much more of an effort to get like into us as college students. Yeah. Well, not just like the football aspect of things. With like Gene, um, I'm gonna butcher his last name, <laughs> but Gene Wojcikowski. Um, I actually drove him to the airport on mm-hmm. Saturday. And they tell you when you're driving, people don't initiate conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, something that's pretty hard for me. Because when I'm driving and there's someone in the car, I don't want to yeah. sit there in silence. Especially <laughs> right. if they're going to be on their phone and, like, calling people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't listen to the radio. I can't be on my phone because right. I'm driving. Right. And so then he, like, got in and was like, okay, you know, asked a couple questions. But then you can't really initiate the conversation any further. Mm-hmm. So then... For most of the drive to Watertown, it was it was silent, mm-hmm. and he was like making phone calls, and it was almost. Um, we were pretty much at the airport when he started really talking to me and asking me what I wanted to do with my life, and he told me that if I like needed anything, to just reach out. Mm-hmm. And you never ever think that someone who is like famous and is verified in all social media <laughs> and um, who is on college game day would actually care enough to help a 19-year-old college student. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, piggybacking off of that a little bit, thinking about college game day is such an incredible opportunity Mm -hmm. for the three of us, but also such an incredible networking opportunity. I was able to make a, a very good connection with the company that flew in a lot of the VIPs privately, um, a company by the name of Wheels Up. Yeah. Uh, based out of New York City, which would be such an incredible opportunity. And I've been in contact with the head of sales via email for any summer internship opportunities. So it's really exciting to think that saying yes to this could have potentially changed the paths of our lives or the paths of our future careers. Exactly. Sure. And that... It it was just amazing because all of these connections were either made driving them to or from their hotel rooms and things like that. And I remember the first, that Thursday when I started working, um, Desmond Howard had just flown in and I had brought him food and they just again told me, they're like, just drop off the food and leave. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I, he, and you know... On TV, he looks a lot different. He was in, like, all sweatpants, a, like, a baseball hat. So, like, you're like, okay, is this guy the actual guy? He's like, is this, I, he's like, is this food for me? I'm like, only if you're Desmond Howard. And he's like, of course I am. <laughs> I think one of the most, one of the most interesting aspects of working um, college game day, just based upon my own personal interests, the flow of communication is really incredible in those types of situations. There are so many people that have to be on the same page at any given moment. We used an app by the name of Telegram, mm-hmm. and we also had radios. All of that communication was very, very important. And if but- you didn't have your radio on, and there was one runner, he was hired, he was working for ESPN. And he never wore his radio. And they would always be like, where is he? Where is he? And, like, we would have to answer for him because mm-hmm. we were always with him. So we'd be like, okay, he's here. And then we'd have to give them the instru- give him the instructions mm-hmm. that he needed. And it was kind of odd. He just refused to wear a radio, which is something that I feel like you should have to do because there's so many things. Like, we got called down to set to, like, 
I had to move the Mount Rushmore heads, like the people that were in them. Yeah. I had to move them <laughs> to the octagon, and I had no idea where the octagon was. I just you just had to do it because you can't out, yeah. ask mm-hmm. questions over the radio. Right. I think it has to work like a well-oiled machine. And they All definitely it. have it. They definitely mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. especially like in operations and stuff mm-hmm. too. It, I, it was incredible how like everything was so tight. They had like a schedule on the wall, you know, of like mm-hmm. when things needed to be yeah. done. And I, like I'm a very organized person, so mm-hmm. I appreciated it and how well it worked. Mm-hmm. And uh, my biggest thing was by the end of the day after the show had gotten done, uh, between like four people, they tore down that entire truck in maybe twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys kind of touched base on the communication and their you know ability to do that so well. It's so like it just goes to show how important that is because obviously ESPN College Game Day is such a big thing mm-hmm. and they're doing it every week. But that's not to say that it's a given that their communication is going to be mm-hmm. you know so well. Yeah prepared and everybody be on the same pitch especially for you guys who were only with them for three days and you still were able to get that i mean obviously you guys are all communication people yeah but still you know they everybody does things differently right Mm -hmm. so you know it just goes to show how important communication in and of Mm -hmm. itself is in order to make things run smoothly and they have to like with the with the scheduling of like flights and things well every if unless you're talent i'm pretty sure you you schedule your own flight so okay. then, um, cause, um, our boss lived in Wisconsin and then some other people lived in Omaha and like just all over the place. So then they had to schedule their own flights, but then they don't get enough cars for everybody to have their own car. So then they need to make sure that they have the, a group of people ready to like bring them to the airport when they need to take off and then have all of the cars counted for at the end, which is honestly, I had to help like just not help i just read names and then we put them into cars according to their flight and it takes a lot of practice to get it right mm-hmm. and I'm i feel sure, like yeah. now they definitely have it down but even with their hotel situation not all of them stayed in brookings mm-hmm. and that took a lot of communication to figure out okay so how many cars are we going to have in flandreau and how many how many cars are we going to have at each hotel we have in Brookings? And who's going to pick up these people? Well, this person can't ride with this person. And there's just so many little things that go into it. Yeah, the the intricacies of communication were absolutely at play. And I think especially that there was really, really effective communication conducted when tasks were given. Yes. In a situation like that, Every single person knows what their job is, and they know how to do that job well. They know Mm -hmm. exactly what the end game is going to be, what the end goal is of that task uh, before it's completed. And I think the flow of communication was really, really steady, and I was very impressed by that. I didn't know what this was going to be like in terms of communication before I entered this 48 hours with ESPN, but I think that that company has that down in regard to how they conduct college game day. It was really, really impressive to see everyone put their nose to the grindstone and get work done. And yes, if there were questions, those questions were effectively answered. And I think that's important, but I can also see from a small group communication sense, I could totally see 
group cohesiveness at play. Those people are with each other every single weekend. Yeah. And they know each other well. They know how they communicate. And I think that's so important when you're trying to build a really effective, strong team. If everyone knows each other well and that group cohesiveness is there, then you are absolutely every single time going to be able to carry out that task well. Yeah, it was a little different for me too because like uh, these two worked all three days. So like I came in on Saturday and, uh, you know, didn't really have any experience in the whole thing. So I think the big part too is the adaptability. They, mm-hmm. Their, their mm-hmm. team adapted yes. to having three or four of us like just come in and mm-hmm. want to figure out how to do this and how they mm-hmm. work. And yet it was still a well-oiled machine with people not knowing how they communicate and how they run and what they do. And definitely, I was there on Thursday, and um, it was definitely a guessing game as to what happens the next day. I mean, they all knew what was going to happen, and they filled me in and gave me a schedule, but they said, we're not going to know what we need you to do until something Mm -hmm. comes up and you need to do it. And then on Friday, it was so relaxed, I felt like, compared to, it was still like a high-paced environment, Mm -hmm. but it was, and even the other runner that was hired there, he's like, this is like not normal. I'm, I'm. It's like giving me anxiety. He said about how quiet and how well things are working, and I, I, I personally felt like South Dakota did it right. I felt like there was so many people that came in and helped, and there was always people from UMC coming in mm-hmm. and helping ESPN and making sure that they had everything they needed, and there was a lot of swag that got given away. Like they gave every single person that worked for ESPN a shirt. And there was, like, extras that we got to take home. But there was there was a lot of things that I was surprised about. I mean, of course, you're from SDSU. You want everybody, everybody to have the swag. But they said that once they get the swag from a school, after that weekend, they never wear it again. Because they don't want to, they don't want to, like, show their favorite. Like, if they wear it right. to, like, so if they wear, like, something USC to, like, SDSU, like. Right. For a game day, it's gonna, nobody's going to want that at SCSU. So then they don't do that to any other colleges either. So mm-hmm. I think And I suppose, crazy. yeah, when they're you know, just traveling all over the place all the time, mm-hmm. it probably gets, you know, to be hard to find the time to wear those kind of things anyway. Exactly. But, um, so we'll go ahead and kind of wrap up here. Why don't you guys finish off by telling us um, what, you know, advice you would give to any other student who was given this opportunity? Say yes. There really is no room to brush off a task. I think you had to constantly be available you had in to... order to succeed in this specific position. If there was something that needed to be done, just say yes. Do it to the best of your ability. Yes, it can be difficult to complete a task with very little direction, but you are able to do it. You will be able to do it, and you're going to do it well if you are willing to fail. And, of course, there were moments that maybe we didn't carry out a task as well as we possibly could just maybe for the sake of time or maybe not knowing who an individual was. But all in all, I think it was very important to always be available and agree to anything that you could possibly help out with. Yeah, I think my advice would be just not to doubt yourself. I feel like it's really easy for us as, like, young and up and coming Mm -hmm. in this field to be like, I'm not good enough for ESPN. I shouldn't say yes to this. I don't feel capable enough for this. But I, I, it's easy to fall into that self-sabotaging mode. Yes, of course. When you get offered really awesome opportunities. <laughs> and I, uh, 
I think just overall, just not to doubt yourself and to believe in your capability because mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere. And even if mm-hmm. you fall short at something really big, and yeah. at least you did it and at least you tried your hardest. I completely agree with everything that you guys said. And um, the main advice that I would like to give is if this kind of opportunity comes, like, make sure that you give it, like, all. Mm-hmm. And I know that I was freaking out. Um, even just, like, the week that I found out that Rocky and Dr. Olson sent my name to ESPN. Because they're like, you will hear from us soon. Well, two days later is soon. So it's kind of like that nerve-wracking. And, and then it was always, like, the self-doubting. Like, okay, I'm not good enough for this. Like, And then trying to downplay it. Don't downplay it. You are working for ESPN. You earned this position Mm -hmm. make sure you give yourself enough credit for that position because you you did it and Mm -hmm. honestly um it was the most rewarding thing ever to hear that David Pollock said that he thought we had really good runners at SDSU Mm -hmm. he and there was so many people that said um if you did it well if you we want you to come back at like if we go to the U of M, mm-hmm. we will we will put you up in a hotel. We will put – and having that idea, use it as motivation because that's definitely what mm-hmm. I did because I wanted to know that I did a good job. And mm-hmm. definitely hearing that David Pollock and even Desmond Howard were like, they were good. They were mm-hmm. really good runners. That was probably – the most rewarding thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll pump your tires a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding. Sure. I mean, yeah, to hear from when we got like that, that text, I was yeah. like, "All right, let's go. Let's wake yeah. up early." <laughs> I think, like, piggybacking just quickly off of what Victoria said too is like, uh, just knowing that you have, like, you might maybe playing such a small role, but mm-hmm. you have such a big part in something so like much bigger than yourself Mm. one of my like interesting things was so like we get the credentials you know on the radios and you walk by students and like teachers and like fans that are like oh my god thank you so much for coming you're like i live here 24 (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, i just said you're welcome yeah, yeah. I think like, that's so incredible. How like we all worked for what like ten hours, you know, mm-hmm. and like people are just like, oh, you're associated with that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I, I, this was one of the best, like, most rewarding, mm-hmm. like, pushing yourself to your limit experiences. Mm-hmm. I think to like wrap it up into one word, like, I was so uncomfortable, but yet so comfortable. It was. Into this position. It was something. That was such a blessing that I never, ever, ever in a million years thought that I would get in working in South Dakota. I think, too, just as we close here, some final remarks for a student that might find themselves in one of these positions or in an internship opportunity with a company that is very prestigious or in an environment that is very fast-paced and stressful at times. I think it's so important to always be mindful of the fact that you are meeting these individuals for the first time. First impressions are absolutely everything. They say (laughs) that someone has decided on you in the first five minutes Mm -hmm. of meeting you, and I think that's really important to remember that as you are constantly being self-aware and you're engaging in that self-monitoring and self-awareness. As you're thinking about how you're being perceived verbally and non-verbally, and especially non-verbally in the terms of Maybe the way that you're dressed. Don't dress for, what do they say? Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So constantly being aware that 
these people are going to remember you and they're either going to remember you in a very good way or a not so great way. Yeah, I just have to end my little spiel here. I know I said I was done, <laughs> but she talked about impressions. So I wasn't originally going to work on that Saturday because it just timing was weird and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, my name didn't originally get sent because I didn't have very much video production experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I work at Union Coffee in the union and the producers came by uh the like Wednesday beforehand mm-hmm. and uh, me being the nerd I am for ESPN <laughs> I got very flustered and was like trying to pay for the man's coffee and oh. uh he basically tossed his American Express at me and told me to try it again <laughs> it'll work um but I was like oh this is never happening now I'm not gonna get a chance they're gonna remember me <laughs> so by the end of my shift on Saturday what the woman that was with him goes you look really familiar Oh, wait, I know you're the nervous coffee girl. That was great. But it, it went well besides that. And I was like, well, if you come back before you leave, I'll give you a less nervous cup of coffee. Yeah. It's memorable, though. Yeah, I was like, well, at least she knew who I was. She yeah, not yeah. not know my name, but she knows that I'm nervous like coffee ESPN. girl. Yeah, I was like, that's the name. Because I brought her a little stuffed rabbit in the production thing that I don't know where she got it from. But she's like, oh, nervous coffee girl. All right, <laughs> okay, awesome. Yep, that's me. <laughs> there, there's definitely so many like weird memories that I have from this of like things that I'm like, why did I do that? Why yep. was I? <laughs> and they were whenever someone asked me, I'm like, you know, my dream job is work for ESPN. And after probably the seventeenth time I've said that, I was like, I should really shut my mouth now. <laughs> I was like, I need to, I need to stop. They told me not to network, not to network, but you know, I am doing that. So. Yeah. Totally <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming in, guys. It sounds like you guys had some good experiences. Yeah, thanks for having us. Our next episode will drop on January 17th and feature Frank Robertson, visual communication instructor and distinguished alum of the school. Be sure to download our talk with Frank on January 17th. This podcast is property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music.